This is a bonus episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze a whole heck of a lot of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. This is a very special episode, the 2023 year in review, and I am apologizing profusely for being so late with this. I wanted to get this done on the first. However, I contracted COVID-19 sometime uh, before I left New York City for St. Louis. When I landed in St. Louis, I was horribly sick within a few hours of landing, ruined my entire holiday for the entire family. It was traumatic. I'm just getting over it. I have tested negative. I'm okay now, but I still have lingering effects. So everything got pushed backward because I basically couldn't work. But now I'm back better than ever. (laughs) You can still hear it in my voice a little bit. But anyway, here's the headline. 2023, a year in review on Fox News. The good, the bad, and three quarters of a billion dollars. And we start with a montage of Steve Ducey doing what he does best, which is striking fear in the heart of Representative James Comer. According to people who know about this, apparently Joe Biden is not not on the list of uh, somebody who has gotten any money. Also, if it is $30 million, it will be interesting to see what the source was. You know, were any laws broken? Uh, and we've asked Mr. Comer that, and he said, well, at this point, he cannot tell us what specific laws, and that's why they're looking into this stuff. If it was just to influence a former vice president, which I don't know if that's illegal, uh, why exactly were there so many other moving parts? And what the Republicans don't do here yet is they don't say uh, if any laws were broken and if anything was illegal. Wait, it, the, the problem with that particular guy that you mentioned, uh, Brian uh, Gal Luft, who was indicted yesterday on 36 charges. He faces 100 years in prison. He's on the lam. He's the guy James Comer said was their secret uh, informant who had all the goods on the Biden family. Right, exactly. I, I, I don't know how much uh, Devin Archer is going to be able to testify to because he said, you know, I saw Hunter pull out his phone and put his, de- hey, look, it's the vice president. Talk to him. Say hi, dad. Uh, a couple of dozen times. Uh, but Joe Biden, according to him, spoke in vague pleasantries. It's not like, yep, I'm going to I'm going to make sure that we fire that guy. So I don't know that they've got the smoking. He might have yet. spoken. And- look too happy in that picture. Uh, and they're going to use the 1023 form as the basis for everything. Here's the problem. Uh, and we'll talk to Miranda Devine about this here in about a half an hour, is the 1023 form makes a damning case against mm-hmm. the Bidens, but it's completely unverified. And in fact, there are certain critical parts of the story that have been refuted by the people in the story. I I would say that the three people on Capitol Hill who know the most about this deal are uh, James Comer, uh, Jim Jordan and Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley, the Republican from Iowa, said yesterday he has seen no evidence Joe Biden was involved with Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. He said to CNN, the facts haven't taken me to that point where I can say that the president's guilty of anything. Those clips are a little confusing out of context, but basically it's Steve Ducey repeatedly over, I think that's like five examples, pointing out that the case against Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, this impeachment inquiry, this nonsense, is not very good. They don't have any evidence. They have nothing. Uh, Now, this is what prompted me to make that montage. This is not from Fox News. This is from Newsmax. This is Representative James Comer speaking with Eric Bowling, who used to work for Fox but was disgraced and fired, I believe. I don't really care because he doesn't work for Fox now. I'm a little tired. I'm a little sick. I'm still a little sick. It's okay. Eric Bowling, I believe it was a dick pic. I'm not sure. I think a dick pic was involved. I'm going to look it up after I play this. Here you go. Waiting for, you know, you need to hear these people try and connect. They're trying to uh, excuse themselves or prove their, their, their innocence. Why, why would Ducey say, if all the work you've done, that you have nothing? Why do you think that is? Well, he's been this. He's had that position from the very beginning. I've quit going on Fox and Friends because of Ducey. You know, I mean, he's the one guy on Fox that's been uh, 
very critical of the investigation. I have my theory why. We'll talk about that at a later point. But at the end of the day, he's entitled to his opinion. But uh, I don't think the average viewer of Fox News agrees with, with Ducey one bit. I mean. So I checked it and Eric Bowling will not be suing me for defamation. Uh, and I won't have to re-record that uh, spot over again. Because, yes, indeed, it was dick pics. He sent dick pics to multiple women at Fox 2, specifically, who were his colleagues, his uh, co-workers of some sort, which is a bad idea. I'm just saying. I used to have a collection. This is a true story. I'm going to reveal. I'm a little loopy right now. True story. I used to have on my phone a collection of unsolicited. That's the key unsolicited dick pics that men that I met online on dating sites and stuff, whatever, uh, had sent me that I did not want. And because they were unsolicited, I found it very funny and I would show them to anybody who would want to look at them, especially gay men. Gay men loved to look at my dick pic collection and I finally got rid of it. I had like a separate password for it. It was like deep hidden in my phone so you couldn't accidentally find it. And um, I used to joke all the time, like, this is why you don't send women unsolicited dick pics, because we just are like, look at this to like anybody within reason, because it's like, you know, I don't know you. I didn't ask for that. It was completely inappropriate for you to send that. And now I'm going to show everybody I know as long as they can stomach it. But yeah, it's fun. It's funny. Bad idea. Anyway, so yes, James Comer has now refused to go on Fox and Friends because the vicious Steve Ducey, uh, you know, the hard-hitting journalist that Steve Ducey is, the man who likes to talk about drinking a beer and going to discos and the price of bread, which is all things he's talked about in the past year or so, uh, is too hard on him about his Hunter Biden investigation. So there you go. There you go. Very tough uh, representative there. Now, this is going to be a stranger episode because it's not going to match the newsletter. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know that I have a newsletter on my Substack for Decoding Fox News, which is basically the written version of the podcast. This episode includes a lot of montages, and montages don't translate well to print because they're like sound bites stuck together. So it's just really hard to read that in print, but they're great audio. So what I'm doing is kind of a combo of the print version, which is on the newsletter, and the podcast, you're going to get additional clips that the newsletter won't get because, again, it just doesn't translate well. Um, But we're going to start with a top 10, starting from the 10 of top, we're going down, we're going to the number one, saving for last, top 10 moments of Fox News for 2023. So all things considered, Fox News had a lousy year in 2023. The network remained at the top of the ratings for cable news, but it was absolutely crushed in a defamation lawsuit brought by Dominion Voting Systems. The network also fired its most popular primetime host. And it was the end of an era as Rupert Murdoch, the billionaire media mogul who founded Fox News, finally retired and passed the torch to his son, Lakeland. Now, before I get into this, you can disagree with my order. You can disagree with my choices. I don't really care. I had fun putting this together. So um, I totally get it. People are going to be like, how dare you pick that as number five? But here we go. Number 10, Gavin Newsom destroyed Ron DeSantis in a debate. Fox News tried its best to spin the event as a huge win for DeSantis, but The Guardian summed it up with the headline, His debate with Gavin Newsom showed Ron DeSantis will never be president. DeSantis was an awkward mess who seemed more like a malfunctioning animatronic figure who longed to be part of a Disney's Hall of Presidents attraction. Ouch. Number nine. Republicans performed miserably in an off-year election. The morning of the big showdown, Steve Ducey was cheering on white geriatric Fox fans in a popular Virginia diner. The network predicted Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin would gain Republican majorities in both state houses and could even use the momentum to enter the 2024 presidential race. But by the end of the evening, it was clear Democrats would rule both houses. 
in Virginia. A ballot measure ensuring abortion rights in Ohio passed with a large majority, and a Democrat would remain in the governor's mansion in Kentucky. Fox hosts did a lousy job of hiding their disappointment as discussions turned to how abortion rights were hurting Republicans in elections all over the country. Number eight, Fox News claimed a car accident was a terrorist attack. On the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, a car exploded at a border checkpoint near Canada at the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls, New York. A Fox News journalist reporting from New York City, six and a half hours away from the accident, declared that the explosion was part of a terrorist attack. Her Fox News counterparts made the assumption, based on no evidence, that the incident was carried out by Islamic extremists as a response to the Israel-Hamas war. About three and a half hours later, the network conceded that the accident was not a terrorist attack. Number seven, Kevin McCarthy was ousted as Speaker of the House. Representative Matt Gates of Florida offered a motion to vacate the chair on the House floor. Chaos followed as Republicans could not successfully pick a new speaker, leaving the House of Representatives without leadership for over three weeks. After three nominees failed to get enough votes, Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana, a far-right extremist, was elected as the new speaker. Now, this one I have an audio clip for. Jesse Waters. Now, this one's controversial. Some people might get mad at me for this one, but I don't care. Jesse Waters' mother called into his debut show at 8 p.m. as he replaced Tucker Carlson. So Jesse Waters has worked at the network since 2001. Jesse Waters is 45 years old, a father of four children, and on his second marriage. I'm just going to play the clip, and it speaks for itself. We have a very special guest on the line, a Democrat, my mom. Mom, Hello how there, have you... Jesse. Hello there, Mom. How have you um, enjoyed the show so far? I have enjoyed the show. I want to say congratulations, Honey Bun. We are so proud of you and your accomplishments, <laughs> you. and you've worked so hard. Now let's aim to have you keep your job. And <laughs> to that end, I do have some suggestions. Okay. Do not tumble into any conspiracy rabbit holes. <laughs> we do not want to lose you, and we want no lawsuits. Okay. In, okay. In yeah. keeping, I, I have a list here. In keeping okay. with the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. We need you to be kind and respectful. Okay. You yourself mentioned that humble is a stretch, so I, I get that. <laughs> Use your voice responsibly to promote conversation that maintains a narrative thread. There, there really has been enough Biden bashing, and the laptop is old. <laughs> Perhaps you could suggest that your people take less interest, for example, in other people's bodies, and talk about that. Well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> We're trying to keep other people's interest away from children's bodies. That was oh, the point of that right. segment. Mom... I I, I love you. you. Wait, I was, wait, 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 okay. wait, wait. I, I knew this was a bad idea. I want you to seek solutions versus <laughs> fanning the flames. You okay. could encourage that Bedminster friend of yours to return to his earlier career on television. Everyone in his audience could wear a red hat, and okay. I'm sure the ratings would soar, although All never right. as high, my darling, as <laughs> yours. On Jesse Waters Primetime. Good luck. Thank you very much, Mom. I love you very much. And, I love uh, you. I'm thinking that a small dinner between five and eight all right, would be we the gotta way to go. We got to go, Mom. This is just like how <laughs> things are at home. I love all right. you. Bye. Now, there's a lot of, I, I would, I, you know, I'm not a therapist, but I would say denial kind of on the part of his mother going on in that clip because Jesse Waters, more than anyone on the network right now, promotes conspiracy theories pretty much on a daily basis. That's just what he does. He's trying to be Tucker Carlson. And then, you know, he's 45. It's, it just seems a little, little much. Uh, and he also says a lot of hateful things, disrespectful things about women all the time. So there's just a, that's just a stew of issue upon issue upon issue with him and his mother that I don't quite understand. And I, I just found it cringeworthy and awful. Moving on to number five, Fox News paid out a $12 million settlement to a former employee. Fox News settled with Abby Grossberg, a former employee 
over her claims that the network was a hostile and discriminatory workplace. She also claimed that Fox News coerced her into providing false testimony in a deposition in the Dominion Voting Systems lawsuit. One of the shows she worked on was Tucker Carlson Tonight. Now, moving on to number four, Tucker Carlson's January 6th Nothing Burger. In March, Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave Tucker Carlson 41,000 hours of previously unreleased footage from the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Carlson promoted it as an event of vast government cover-up to hide the true nature of the riot. The Fox host made several false claims about the entirely underwhelming surveillance footage that mostly showed protesters milling about the Capitol. The reveal was so lackluster that Carlson didn't even dedicate a full week to the story. Ray Epps, a protester singled out in the additional footage, filed a defamation lawsuit against the network and Carlson after the Fox host repeated unverified claims about Epps and his role in the attack. Ouch! Now, number three. Keeps, it just the hits keep coming. Donald J. Trump was criminally indicted four times and is facing 91 charges. The former president faces criminal charges in New York State for bookkeeping fraud. In Georgia, prosecutors charged Trump and his allies under the state's Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organization Act, also known as RICO, for their role in trying to change the outcome of the 2020 presidential election in that state. Trump also faces federal charges for mishandling classified documents and for his role in the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Fox News hosts got increasingly less hysterical as each new indictment was announced, and they were all announced in about a span of five months. I'm already losing my voice. I'm going to drink some coffee. Thank you to those of you who've donated uh, coffee to Decoding Fox News. It's always greatly appreciated. Um, I am seriously losing my voice. So next up, I'm just going to play a clip uh, for number two. Fox viewers learned of the news this morning. We have some news from within our Fox family. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have mutually agreed to part ways. Tucker's last show was this past Friday. And starting tonight, Fox News Tonight will air live at 8 p.m. Eastern. It will be an interim show with rotating Fox News personalities until a new host is named. We want to thank Tucker Carlson for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a long-term contributor. That was Harris Faulkner. And as if you remember, if you're a, a longtime follower of this account uh, and a person who pays attention to Fox News, Tucker Carlson got no warning. He got no last show. He got no farewell. That was it. He just apparently got a call like midday, you're out. So Carlson's dismissal on Fox News surprised most media journalists, including myself. Carlson was a ratings bonanza for the network as his show got the second highest ratings on cable news right behind the five. Carlson also consistently won the largest audience in the coveted 24 to 54 age demographic, the group most valued by national advertisers. Fox News never officially revealed why they decided to part ways with their most popular host, but Carlson's tensions with management, his extremist views, and problematic text-slash-emails revealed in the Dominion Voting uh, Systems lawsuit all played a role. And now for number one of the countdown. Again, I'm going to switch to a media clip. This hour and this day, uh, Fox has agreed to pay $787 million to settle Dominion's defamation lawsuit. That is coming officially from the Wall Street Journal. The settlement then avoids a trial on allegations. Fox hoaxed and guests amplified uh, claims around the voting technology behind the 2020 election. Uh, it is a done deal. It is a settlement. And it, for at least Fox, appears to be over. Uh, there might be other litigation to come, but from the Wall Street Journal, uh, this particular issue had been settled at the very day they were going to. So, yes, that was Neil Cavuto, a voice you may not know if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis because I don't cover him. I've seen a couple of his shows. He's one of the legit journalists on Fox News. Um, he's actually butted heads with the opinion part of the network several times in the past. So the story of the Dominion voting systems lawsuit was so incredibly fun because legal briefs got leaked to the public 
and we were able to read text messages, emails, and other correspondence by Fox executives, Fox on-air talent, primetime hosts, the whole nine yards. And we found out that Tucker Carlson probably secretly hated Donald J. Trump and that Hannity never believed the lie that the 2020 election was stolen and that Judge Jeanine and Maria Bartiromo were two of the biggest um, promoters of the big lie, this, this story that somehow the 2020 presidential election was stolen by Donald J. Trump and this, these crazy details about Hugo Chavez, who'd been long since dead and craziness with ballots and machines and it was all nonsense and uh, yeah we found out they they knew it was a lie they didn't care they cared more about ratings and money uh according to the legal documents of course and that's why they settled now first i'm going to get to some honorable mentions because they were kind of more exciting clips but i don't really know if they should be in the top 10 this first one just made me laugh a lot it was the chinese spy balloon story that Fox, not only did they spend a lot of time with it, but they had this ridiculous graphic of a giant white balloon traversing the United States um, that looked completely goofy. And then when the story was finally resolved, it was revealed that the spy balloon did not pick up any sensitive information that we did successfully, it's according to the Pentagon, that we did successfully jam its communications. And so this was kind of a bunch of hype over nothing. But that's not going to stop Fox News. Now to a balloon. You would think that uh, the chief of staff would get an alert. I just want to tell you there's been three balloons detected. We don't want to tell the president why. Is he golfing? What was he doing? Like, why, the how could that? The president said it's not true. If it, President yeah. Trump said if that had happened, I would have shot it down. Right. Uh, right. Absolutely. But, but the thing is, joining us right now, the Montana resident who spotted the balloon, Chase Doak, along with the newspaper editor and his friend, he called at the Billings Gazette, Larry Mayer. Yeah, uh, Chase and uh, Larry, thanks for what you did. Uh, you really, uh, uh, you actually did something. You, you changed the course of history between two superpowers. Has no one living in Montana, Alaska, even less people. You know how the radius was to pick up this thing that fell into the ocean? Seven miles. You're saying you couldn't find a seven square mile area in Alaska or Montana to recover this thing? Last time I checked too, when electronics get wet, they fizzle out. When it lands on land, they probably survive better. It's almost like Joe Biden wanted the <laughs> balloon sack to get wet. <laughs> so the FBI takes it. So the FBI now has the laptop and it has the Chinese balloon sack in Quantico. They're analyzing both. In other words, an F-22 cannot take down one of these. It's not a damn balloon from a birthday party. It's a spy craft. Republicans again with their moonshine and their shotguns and their extra chromosomes, thinking it's okay to shoot down Chinese spy balloons. When every sophisticated person knows, Donald Trump himself knew the best way to handle Chinese spy balloons, let them pass. Again, just like Trump did. Trump, Trump, he's good all of a sudden. That's what they're saying. Now, of course, once again, they can't say more because it's classified. Wish we could, sorry. There was another firing on Fox News uh, last year, although this gentleman would say that he and the network mutually decided to part ways. I think we know he was fired, but he has officially said that, and that was the official word, so I'm just going to say that instead. I'm not going to give it away. You'll know immediately who I'm talking about when I play this clip. Listen, I, I may get fired from Fox after this, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, you think? This is some third world bullshit right here. Let me say it again. Third world bullshit. Objection. Yeah, who the hell's denying elections? Elections happen. They're just not happening in a safe, secure way. That's what we're concerned about. Not this is some third world garbage that happened tonight. Starts crapping their diaper. Who don't have to deal with the problems of the smellies. They've said to people, you're not the smellies. You actually built this place. My last name's Bongino. <laughs> Probably don't want to tell them who's got a bigger crank. <laughs> you can plant a big wet one on our asses. We don't care. Everything's been, the dipsy do flipperoos happen. Like everything's been flipped in their heads, right? Going, ah, listen, you great unwashed, smelly Walmart idiots. This, you know, liberal zeros out there who watch this network all the time. I mean, some of them, their only job is to watch our shows, which is kind of humiliating, but that's for another day. So that was Dan Bongino. We miss him well. We don't miss him. A former Secret Service member, which in and of itself is a bit terrifying, 
someone like that would be a Secret Service member, but okay. Um, my favorite thing about Bongino was uh, his his style, as it were, when he was arguing in um, a debate, would to just be scream and berate at someone, basically bully them until the point that they stopped talking. And in one instance, he was fighting with Geraldo Rivera, and Geraldo didn't know... Geraldo was correct, but he didn't know the basic data that could have supported his, his argument. And that Bongino was basically saying that gun violence was worse in New York City than it was in Florida. And that's absolutely not the case. Um, the entire state of Florida has higher gun violence uh, rate and violent gun deaths per capita than New York does. And pretty much every major city in Florida has higher rates of crime and gun violence than New York City. Ouch! Sorry! You should have known that as a former member of law enforcement, but you didn't. Anyway, that's one of my favorite clips of all time, actually. Next up, since it was number two on the countdown, um, I really wanted to make it number one, but I knew that would be my personal uh, thing, and I thought it should be more like, no, the Dominion lawsuit, three quarters of a billion dollars is always going to top anything. But this is some nostalgia for you folks. <laughs> I'm getting so loopy. I've been working nonstop on this. You'll see in a minute uh, what I've been doing, but uh, some nostalgia of uh, the once great and mighty Tucker Carlson, who now is reduced to being Alex Jones 2.0 on Twitter. Woo! Do you feel dirty hearing that? Cheney is America's foremost defender of democracy, but democracy spanked her hard last night. <laughs> democracy is a cruel master. You got to be careful. I can whip around and bite you in the butt. And I hope you beat it. Hope you spank it. They're gonna get a spanking and they know it's savage. And by the way, if they find a meth lab in my basement, it's not real, just so you know. <laughs> just kidding, sort of. So parents in the Ottoman Empire, a lot of them castrated their sons in the hope they would grow up to be the court eunuch, which is a position of real power. There's real benefit to castrating your children in the Ottoman Empire. Well, your testosterone levels plummet. Completely emasculated, you'd have to be a masochist. To do that. Is it such a low T country that no one's going to do anything about that? There's no one in charge with a normal testosterone level who's willing to just say, no, you're not allowed to do this. And if you do, we're going to spank you hard so you don't do it again. Woo! Do you feel dirty hearing that? Thank you for having us. Thanks for having I've me. Never done an interview with human blood on the floor, <laughs> and I like it. Should we get in a nuclear war with Russia? You're working for Putin. And they completely emasculated. You take it like a man. To have honor and dignity who have high testosterone levels, they're all gone now. So in your mind's eye, you think of the people who cause disasters as being, you know, testosterone swollen dictators. Tucker Carlson, um, and he's lived there for years now. He lives on an island on a lake in the western part of Maine. Most of the rich people in Maine live on the coast. He does not. He lives kind of in like the middle of nowhere on an island on a lake. Now notice how many times in that little monologue of his that was those were clips, those were sound bites they stuck together. How many times he referred to something that would be uh, under the umbrella of BDSM. Now BDSM is like bondage, dominance, submission, masochism. It's basically people who role play and and get beat up or like to beat people up, but it's again role play, it's safe, it's it's consenting adults. I'm not judging. It's just so obvious that you can't say spank and, uh, you know, he says master at one point. There's just so many references. And then you live on an island in the middle of nowhere, which makes me think you're hiding something like a dungeon in your basement. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but something's going on. And I, it just so much repression. The obsession with testosterone and masculinity, which is also very clear in his work he cannot hold that the whole you know tanning your testicles which was in his bizarro documentary about men i just there's just so much going on there and he has just descended into a poor facsimile of alex jones where he's like interviewing any idiot to get attention he's doing like fake stories about Barack Obama being gay, which nobody believed, absolutely nobody believed. The guy he interviewed was not credible. He just interviewed Kevin Spacey. Like, who cares about Kevin Spacey? Where are the Kevin Spacey fans that are like, I need to know what's going on with a man who was 
accused of being a pedophile and or, or at least a sexual predator. It's just, I don't even, I don't even, whatever. So I should take a moment to give a shout out to my sponsor right now. And that sponsor would be the listeners of this podcast and the readers of my newsletter. Right now at the moment, Decoding Fox News is 100% funded uh, by crowdsource funding, which is quite difficult to manage, but it makes me completely 100% independent. I'd also like to give a shout out to people who bought items from my Amazon uh, gift list. Thank you so much. So uh, Maria, I'm just going to use your first names. Maria bought some cat items. Amy bought some coffee creamer. Thank you so much. Um, Pood, who's a supporter at uh, my Patreon, also bought some cat items. Chelsea Nine, Chelsea Nine also bought some treats. Those are their favorites, by the way, for the cats. And finally, Brad, who is a new listener, um, was so generous to get me another hard drive i had a hard drive break right after another listener bought a hard drive for the project i, I swear it cracked me up it was, it was an older hard drive and it broke and so i thought oh, i'll put a new one on there see what happens and yes you, i'm shocked and amazed thank you so much if you cannot afford to financially support the project another thing you can do is share the newsletter share the podcast if you want to become a paid subscriber you can get exclusive content at Substack for Decoding Fox News or Patreon for Decoding Fox News. So um, next up, this one's fun. Uh, I'm going to attempt to do an accent, even though I don't really have my voice, but this is the bogus expert of the of the year. You know, I like to do my Midwestern, you know, is it Minnesota? Is it Wisconsin? I don't know. You know, it comes from people who were Swedish at one time and now they're American and they got this weird accent. And so they say stuff like real neat. And bogus means not real, like fake. You know, kind of like a seven-layer bar if you don't make it with a, with a condensed milk. I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe a jello mold with some canned fruit in it. Super neat. I'm from Missouri, so don't judge me. This is I'm making fun of myself here. So next up... We got Michael Schellenberger, who is who appeared more than any other bogus expert uh, last year. And Michael Schellenberger is kind of my favorite bogus expert because he will talk about any topic. He's shameless. He does not care. He just won a, a journalism award from some garbage right-wing group. And they gave him like $100,000 along with Matt Tahibi. And I'm just like, yeah, of course. Because if you'll just say whatever the corporate shills want you to say, they'll give you money. That's not really journalism. Um, Michael Schellenberger has a master's degree in anthropology, yet he's written books about climate change, even though he has no degree or training in the subject. That's not going to stop him, though. That's just not going to stop him. The reviews on his book are hilarious because they're scathing. And this is six examples. I'm going to break it down one by one of him making up complete nonsense on Fox News. And basically because he's a well-spoken white man who speaks calmly and has like a neat little haircut. He's had it longer before, but now it's kind of neat. It's neat, shaved, kind of short, very thick hair. So it kind of sticks up all over the place. He's also, uh, he claims to be a liberal, sort of, I guess. It's that, that's his shtick. He's like, I'm just a liberal and I'm just a soft-spoken white guy. And I'm just saying what I think. And, you know, that's what I think. Now, this first one is not so much a bogus claim as it is incredibly misleading. This is from Jesse Waters' primetime, January 3rd, 2023. He made a claim about uh, how the world species, only 6% of the world species are critically endangered. Misses the fact that actually those of us that actually care about nature have done a really good job taking care of it. You know, the truth is that um, we are not in a mass extinction. 6% of species are critically endangered. That's 6% too many, but that's nowhere close to the 75 or 90% that are required for a mass extinction. And we have 25 times more protected areas than we did in 1962. So for space and time, I'm not gonna address that second claim he makes. I'm just gonna go after that 6% of species. So uh, he uses the term critically endangered. And according to the World Wildlife Fund, critically endangered qualifies as a species considered to be facing an extremely high risk of extinction in the wild. According to the WWF, 26,500 species are critically endangered, with another 96,500 species endangered or vulnerable. 
The number of 6% of all species is largely meaningless because Schellenberger leaves out some extremely important context. Only about 1.2 million species have been identified on the planet, but scientists estimate there might be as many as 8.7 million plant and animal species. Now, this is where it really gets like why these numbers mean very, very little. Roughly 80% of all animal species on planet Earth are insects, while 80% of all species across the animal and plant kingdom are plants. So we're talking about when you say 6% of all species, you're including a lot of insects and plants. Here's how the World Wildlife Fund breaks down the number of endangered species in a far more meaningful way. The following list is of species considered critically endangered to vulnerable. 40% of amphibians, 25% of mammals, 14% of birds, 27% of selected crustaceans, 31% of sharks and rays, 34% of conifers, it's a type of tree, and 33% of reef corals. So that's a much more alarming number when you look at what's actually endangered. If you're talking about insects and plants, we got a lot of them. Now, his next bogus claim was also on Jesse Waters' primetime, January 30th, 2023. And this is about police violence, which he claims was decreasing. I think it's important to put this into some context. Police departments actually did a very good job reducing the rate of force and killings overall, including of African-Americans, since the 1970s until today. So I just want to point out that Schellenberger did not reference any sort of specific data, study, or anything to back up what he just said there. So I looked this up last year, right after he said it, and found a great resource at the Washington Post. And according to their reporting, the number of fatal police shootings actually increased slightly. Police killed the highest number of people on record in 2022. Another thing I want to point out was his reference to the 1970s. He says, oh, things are so much better than the 1970s. Yes, violent crime was at its peak in the United States in the 1970s across every single metric. So to say something like that is very misleading and um, false. So next up, we have this one. This one is very silly. Bogus claim number three, New York City is banning pizza ovens. Trying to ban pizza ovens or... Michael Schellenberger said that on June 28th, 2023, on Fox News Tonight, which was the show that was sort of replacing Tucker Carlson tonight until they changed the lineup. Um, the larger segment, it was very clear that he's talking about uh, New York pizza ovens. And nobody was planning to ban them. It was a proposed new regulation that was actually part of a law that was already enacted in 2015 for new... Pizza ovens, new pizza ovens, anything new had to have this type of filter that kept out like the, the particulates from coal or wood. And this was basically an extension of that law that was going to go into older pizza ovens. So the, the pizza ovens that had been grandfathered in now had to kind of come up to code. Absolutely no one was going to ban them. There was no ban. Um, I have hyperlinks in the newsletter to back that up. Now, bogus claim number four, AOC was responsible for shutting down a nuclear power plant in New York. Or, uh, you know, engage in, uh, you know, counterproductive efforts like shutting down nuclear power plants. They did that in New York City. Uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who says that climate change is the end of the world, <laughs> helped to shut down a nuclear power plant that was replaced entirely by fossil fuels. Now, Schellenberger made that comment on the same day that he made the pizza oven comment. Uh, that was June 28, 2023. Oh, there's just so much wrong with what he just said. So the Indian Point nuclear power plant was accidentally built on a fault line. Oops. Um, and the decision to shut it down was made two years before 2017. I have a hyperlink in the newsletter. So it was made two years before Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was sworn into office. So she had played no role whatsoever in the shutting down of that plant. Uh, the other problem was the plant was leaking radiation on a semi, it happened more than once. I'm not sure how many times it happened, but I have a hyperlink again in the newsletter to some stories about that. And people realized that putting a nuclear power plant 
on a fault line that was leaking radiation next to the most densely populated area in the country was just kind of a bad idea. And the movement to get rid of Indian Point was started long before um, AOC was even born. Now this next one is not really so much a bogus claim, but again, this is a man who has an MA in anthropology. He's not a therapist, he's not a counselor, he's not a doctor. Um, how pernicious is this given the landscape as it's developing? Yeah, it's really disturbing. I mean, I see parallels as well between the radical left's affirmation of gender dysphoria and the medical mistreatment of adolescents, very similar to the affirmation of addiction and mental illness and the deprivation and medical mistreatment of people that we call homeless. So that segment went on for several minutes and he basically just said a bunch of psychobabble. He's not a therapist. He's not a doctor. He has no idea what he's talking about. I would be as qualified as him to talk about this. That segment was about trans people. So please shut up. If you have strong feelings about trans people, that's fine. But you should not be speaking in terms of like, well, it's similar to addiction or homeless people. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not a therapist. Please stop. This is just ridiculous. Now, this last one, I never got to clip and put this on Twitter because I ran out of time the particular week that it happened. But I audibly yelled at my computer when he said this. Is this something real in California or like this movement for reparations? Is it just another pander? Is it fake? Are they ready to give unemployment benefits to illegal immigrants? Sure, it's good to be with you, Will. I mean, I would say it's a very California form of narcissism and sadism. I mean, you have to remember that we're just absolutely in love with uh, self-image of ourselves as welcoming and tolerant in California, but we are absolutely mistreating the poorest people in our society. We have the highest rate of poverty in the whole country. Okay, you absolutely do not in California. If you look at the number of impoverished people, yes, California would have the highest number because California has 39 million people. <laughs> now, uh, the way the states go, it goes California, 39 million, Texas is around 30 million. Florida, I think, believe is 22 million. And New York is around 19 million. After New York, there's a huge drop off to the next state, which is about 10 million. So California is enormous. And yes, high number of impoverished people. But if you look at per capita rates, which is the only way you can really judge this, and the source that I used was the American Community Survey data from the U.S. Census Bureau primary source, gold standard, years 2019 to 2021, which is the, the latest I could get. Louisiana had the highest poverty rate in the country at 19.6%, which was followed by, and none of this should surprise you, Mississippi, New Mexico, West Virginia, Kentucky, Arkansas, Alabama, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and Texas. All of those states, with the exception of New Mexico, are located in the South, which are right-to-work states, which have a number of issues. That's They're anti-union states, so the wages are lower. The um, minimum wage in those states is lower. Cost of living is lower. All of it's lower. But yes, poverty rates are much higher in the South in general. Now, and that one just, that was the one that had me screaming. Now, this is what took me days to put together. Not hours, days. By the numbers. Uh, for this, I did a very, a much deeper dive than I normally do. For paid subscribers, I've added a slew of charts uh, that I thought might be fun for you guys to look at. Um, because I knew I couldn't fit them all into the year-end podcast or newsletter. So for the deep dive, for the top 15 topics, we'll start there for Fox News. Number one, drum roll please, were stories about Trump. Number two, and this is embarrassing in my humble opinion, Hunter Biden. Number three, Biden bashing. And Biden bashing is when they just show clips of him and like, he's old, he's in cognitive decline. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Israel-Hamas war was number four. Border crisis, number five. Trans panic. So it's all these stories about trans people. Number six, crime increasing. Number seven, 
one more thing, which is a regular segment on the five, which is kind of stupid, but that's where it landed in the lineup. Sports stories, crime stories, McCarthy out as speaker, and then the vote for new speaker was next. China is a threat. Democratic cities and states are hell. That's a category I made up because it's the only way I could describe it. COVID-19 stories, and then extreme weather. That's Fox. For PBS, we had the Israel-Hamas war uh, at number one. Artist profile, which is, again, a regular on PBS. The Ukraine war. So you've got the two big wars at the top three. Stories about Trump at number four. Extreme weather at number five. Author profile, number six, abortion number seven, climate change story, number eight, medical stories, number nine, mass shooting stories, number 10, sports stories at 11, obituaries, number 12, border crisis, number 13, Biden administration policies, number 14, and then debt ceiling impending at 15. Now, because this was for the entire year, the percentages are very low. It starts at five point, about 6% for the top, for the number one, goes down to 1%. And on Fox, you start at 7% roughly, and you go down to 1%. So for, this one was mind-blowing, for the 2023 party affiliations, for the guests on Fox News versus PBS who were elected officials. So this is a little confusing, but this is elected officials who came on Fox or PBS as a guest, as an expert, whatever. On Fox, 6% of elected officials were Democrats, 94% were Republican, and 0.2% were independent. And that was actually Kristen Cinema. She spoke for four minutes about the border. For PBS, and I was so pleased to see this because people always try to tell me PBS is left wing, and I say, no, it's not. You don't watch it. No, it's not. You don't watch it. Here's the breakdown. And I did it by how long they appeared, not by how many times they appeared, because it's, it's more accurate. PBS, Democrats, 52% of the airtime, Republicans, 48%. Very close to being even. So again, if we look up here for the top 25 elected officials on Fox News, these are just, again, elected officials. Number one was James Comer. 48 appearances, followed by Jim Jordan at 28. So there's a huge drop-off. Then we go to Ron DeSantis, 25. Lindsey Graham, 22. Josh Hawley, 21. Ted Cruz, 20. Tom Cotton, 18. Nancy Mace, 18. Byron Donalds, 17. J.D. Vance, 16. Michael Waltz, 15. Glenn Youngkin, 15. Marjorie Taylor Greene, 10. Marco Rubio, 10. Christy Nome, 10. Chip Roy, 10. Brian Mast, 9. Jason Smith, 9. Carlos Gimenez, 9. Matt Gates, 9. Tim Scott, 8. Rand, Rand Paul, 8. John Kennedy, 7. Anna Paulina Luna, 7. And Tony Gonzalez, 6. Those are all representatives or senators. And then for the top 25 guests on Fox, this is minus Fox hosts and contributors. James Comer again at number 1 for 58, 48, mind you, 48. Tommy Lauren at 44. Stephen Miller. Cannot believe that one. That blew my mind. 36. Clay Travis, 35. Victor Davis Hansen, 35. Ned Run, uh, 31. Paul Morrow, he's a retired NYPD inspector, 29. Vivek Ramaswamy, 29. He had the most appearances of any candidate for president on the Republican side. Shocking but true, Vivek. Um, Jim Jordan, 28, Newt Gingrich, 28, Mike Davis, 26, Molly Hemingway, 26, Tulsi Gabbard, 26, Ron DeSantis again, 25, Jason Chaffetz, 24, Lindsey Graham, 22, Josh Hawley, 21, Alan Dershowitz, 20, Jason Rance, he's a radio host, at 20, Senator Ted Cruz, 20, Tudor Dixon, 20, Leo Terrell, he's also called Leo 2.0, Kurt Knudsen, he's actually not political. He's like a technology guy. He comes on Fox and Friends. Matt Whitaker of the Trump administration at 18. And again, uh, Nancy Mace. Another fun fact was I looked, I compared, there's a chart. I can't show it to you. I can tell you about it. Between the use of the word hunter versus the use of the word inflation. And hunter was used a whole heck of a lot more times than inflation. 
even though Fox would say that inflation is an incredibly important story. They don't care. Um, so that's, uh, if you want to see more charts, I made them available for the paid subscribers just because there's no way it would fit. And I thought if anybody's going to appreciate these, it's the paid subscribers because it's super nerdy. And that's the whole year. Um, but it took a crazy amount of time to get that data down in these enormous spreadsheets. The one I had for Fox was 11,000 rows. And the one I had for PBS was about 4,000 rows. And if you've ever worked with a spreadsheet that big, you have to clean it, which means at the end of the year, you have to make sure every single, like if it says Trump story has to be written exactly the same, or it comes up as two different entries. Absolute nightmare when you're dealing with a spreadsheet this big and multiple shows and you have to stick them together. So to give you a quick breakdown of the shows I covered last year, Fox and Friends, 256 episodes. The Five, 255 episodes. Hannity, 88 episodes. Jesse, Waters Primetime, 86 episodes. Ingram, 80 episodes. Fox News Tonight, 60. Tucker Carlson Tonight, 31. Special Report with Brett Baer, 10. July 4th Special, two episodes. The Patriot Awards, two episodes. America Reports, two episodes. Your World with Neil Cavuto, one. The Story with Martha McCallum, one. Cavuto Live, one. Modern Warrior Special, that was a special they had on July 4th. One outnumbered one and one nation with Brian Kilmeade. One. It's a lot of Fox News. Hope I'm still alive, even though I'm sick. And that's it. I'm delirious. But yes, thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out the newsletter and look at some of the charts, you can. They're available at my newsletter at Substack for Decoding Fox News. If you'd like to become a paid subscriber, you can go to Substack for Decoding Fox News, Patreon for Decoding Fox News. And there's a little... uh, dollar sign next to my name on twitter also known as x and i'm on threads find me on instagram threads twitter i'm sort of on tiktok but they keep shadow banning my stuff because i had another clip that had um the term chinese propaganda in it and it got it was going at a clip and then all of a sudden it it went down to like one view per day i'm not even kidding it's the barbie video i just posted Thank you so much for listening. My cats, Odin and Thor, send their love. Thank you for supporting the project. I will see you at the next podcast.